What's your favorite scary movie? podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello, everyone. Hello. So, hello. <laughs> so, okay. This is a this is a big one for me. This is one of the ones I'm nervous about because it's one of my, like, all-time faves. But we're doing 2014's The Guest. Woo! Direct- Woo! Yeah. Directed by Adam Winger and written by Simon Barrett. We thought it would be appropriate since they just added it back on Netflix recently. Yeah. And I want everyone to watch this movie if you haven't. Or if you have, just watch it again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a blast and a half, I'll tell you. And, like, so <laughs> I once, uh, usually every Halloween my brother and his friends and I will do like a, a horror movie marathon and we each pick one and one year I picked the guest and I have never his like stoic roommate who like hates every movie he sees he was like laughing his ass off the entire time at this movie I'm like this is Kirk approved we did it Woo. <laughs> yes <laughs> Woo! Yeah. and my friend Lucy calls this the movie that Dan Stevens got hot for <laughs> <laughs> He did. Right. <laughs> he was always a nice looking kid. Oh, no, he, he he was always nice looking. He just really buffed the hell up for this film. Yeah, this was so. A quick synopsis, I guess, is this is about it's, uh, this this family that's grieving the loss of their kid in the military, and this guy shows up on their doorstep claiming to know him, uh, that he was in his like troop or whatever, and that they made an agreement to like visit the family of the other if one of them died and they're like oh come on in stay with us and kind of like use him as this like surrogate for the the kid that they're grieving over and meanwhile anytime he's left alone he's like staring off into the distance with ominous techno music and (laughs) (laughs) things are not what they seem um and yeah so this was the the casting of dan stevens in this will always be so fascinating for me because first like i only knew him from, like, Sense and Sensibility and other people knew him from Downton Abbey, and he, like... But, like, this was a conscious decision on his part. Like, he doesn't want to be typecast in a specific role like that, and this is definitely, like, the start of that. Of, like, well, what if I, like, buffed up and (laughs) played this super soldier guy? And, you know, it it was definitely a leap of faith casting him, but it... It worked out really well because he's so fucking good in this. You were just saying off mic, Al, right? Yes, he's so good. <laughs> you said you'd seen it before, right? Because you're like, I forgot. Yeah, I, I'd watched it before. Uh, I know it was you that introduced me to it. Um, so this was a <laughs> this was a rewatch, and I just was having a good time. I was I was loving it so much. <laughs> it's yeah, it's such a blast. I I make sure to at least watch it every Halloween because it has a, it takes place during Halloween and has such this great like, aesthetic of that feeling, even though I'm, like, a small-town Halloween feeling, too, because they're, they're in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And there's this great, like, color palette to it that's so, like, bright, like, bright and neon and beautiful, but also dark because of the, everything is so ominous, and especially towards the end, like, that scene in the Halloween maze, I just, uh. oh, like, chef's kiss and the fog machine going on it, like, yes. Oh <laughs> 
also, yeah, the design in general. I also love the design of Anna's bedroom in this, of Micah Monroe's bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's, like, very much, like, there's just so much detail in everything around it. Uh, and even her Halloween costume, too, of, like, the skeleton. Like, uh, <laughs> this is such a good little Halloween movie, and we're watching it in July because why not? And because it's on Netflix, you know? Yes. <laughs> but, so, does, I don't know, you, you live in a kind of small town, right? Uh, is it, no? Not, not super, really. I think it's small enough to be, like, big on the map. It's got a lot. There's a shit uh-huh. ton of people up here. Um, but, like, I'm not too far away from, like, where there is, like, small towns. Okay. Uh, so, this this definitely feels about right for small town. Like, everyone seems to <laughs> kind of, like, kind of know each other. Like, if they see each other enough around it, they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we know where they work or friendly enough and all that stuff, so... It definitely felt like that. Uh, for So they, they matched that pretty well. And I just... The ability to just be like, Alright, strange person I don't know who claims he was a friend of my son. <laughs> Come on in! I was like, yeah, that that, that sounds about right. No. I know. <laughs> yeah, from an outsider, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? But, like, that they made it very clear, like, the, the makers behind this, that it's... it's like, this would only work in a military family setting, and, like, the reason... Even when the dad, you know, at first questions, like, what if he has PTSD or something like that? And she's like, well, what if Caleb had come back with that? Like, they wanted to tell, like, a a story PTSD, but, like, without... I don't want to say being preachy, because obviously that's not what this is at all. This is kind of... (laughs) This is not a story... I mean, it is it Since it's dealing with the military and everything. Uh, but, the, the, like, they, they cited, like, this isn't, like, stop loss or something where they want to have, like, this, like, dramatic exploration. They're just using it as part of the narrative. Yeah. And, like, an explanation as to why this guy is, like, like, unkillable or so, like, like very good at what he's doing and also why... Like, like the character of David is so complicated and every everyone's, like... Begging for a sequel, or the because there's so many unanswered questions, and it's just like that's the beauty of this, though. Like, yeah, they they tell you enough, I think, and like his and like Dan's performance as David is so com- complicated too, because like you really you see him act like you wonder. I don't know if you have any opinions on this, but like, like if he genuinely is trying to help this family or not, and then but he's just like programmed so that the second shit hits the fan and he's discovered it's in his it's in his programming and brainwashing now to get rid of any outliers or anything so that's why he ends up going after the family like, like if you have an opinion on that um because i did read the behind the scenes stuff about it and they said that uh-huh. the program because he was selected because his like character before everything happened to him um he was supposed to be like Sucked because he had such great empathy, but then he, like, lost yeah. all that kind of feeling and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, it sometimes it feels like he genuinely, like, he's just hiding out there, and so he's just kind of, like, trying to not stand out, and so he's, like, being, like, as genuine as he can be to the family and, like, the people he interacts with. But then it's, like, that also feels like kind of like a facade, 
that he's just putting on this face. So I'm not quite sure because it just sometimes it feels like he's being genuine, but at the same time, it's like maybe he's just really acting. Yeah. I don't know. But the definitely but he, the second the shit hits the fan, it all goes down like, well, everyone. Drop the laundry basket, go get my bag of guns. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And he was definitely like at the very least planning ahead for that, obviously, hence buying a bag of guns and mm-hmm. killing Ethan Ember in the process. But I just, what's so interesting to me is he does, it's not just like he's hiding and being chilled, like he's going out of the way. To, like, help out this family in different- Oops! I just kicked my cat. Um, (laughs) Like, going out of his way to help this family in different ways, both with, like, Caleb and the bullies, or with the dad's job. I mean, he goes to very dark places to do what he thinks is helping, including, you know, beating up a bunch of teenagers and literally killing the dad's boss. And, (laughs) like- shit like that but it's like in his own way he's trying to help it's just really interesting to me i'm not saying that this is, that's a good thing or anything but no, i think yeah. that's just what what lends to the complexities of this and to the character of david i don't know like it's <laughs> this is kind of like i know that like adam wingard and simon barrett for this this movie is like their tribute to like kind of like 80s horror action like kind of, like a lot of people I've seen, like, reference, like, the Terminator for this or something. It's like if, if Captain America became the Terminator or something. <laughs> but there's... <laughs> but he's not just a, this stoic machine or soldier. Like, there's... No, There's yeah. a, a lot of, like, depth to him. And... Ah, I feel so bad about kicking my cat. Sorry. That's no, okay. <laughs> he's, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Poor boy. I know. I'll be alright. <laughs> but anyways... Uh, we'll talk about that fucking finale and how gorgeous it is. I it's just... so pretty. <laughs> I love it. That was apparently like they filmed it at a real like year round like haunted house place that some <gasps> family runs. I wish that was me. I know. Isn't doesn't that sound like the dream? <laughs> That's the dream, babe. No. And we should talk about the music too, especially like the music and. The song used in that scene, specifically the Antonio remix. Yes. Is, like, the, uh, this soundtrack is something I revisit a lot, and it was something that Adam Winger, like, kind of used to propel, like, inspiration for this film or how he wanted to go about it. Like, he, as soon as he read the script, like, he had in his mind the kind of music that he wanted to use. And Dan Stevens said in an interview that, it, like, he, like, had... He kind of planned scenes or pieces like, around what song he would want to use. It's like, and then this is happening, is this is happening in the song, and it was just, like, so specific. And, like, I always think that's beautiful when you can blend music and filmmaking so well. Yeah. Um, and this is obviously not a genre of film that I... Not film. Genre of music that I'm, like, familiar with. It's, like, 80s goth... Uh, what does he call it? 80s elect- electric-slash-goth, like, <laughs> bands... Hold on, I found this really funny quote from him. I'm just like, you're a weirdo. Okay, this is from a this is from a Vice interview with Adam Wingard. That the anthem of the film was always the love and rock dog haunted when the minutes drag, which is the, the the first song on the mix that she makes for David, that Anna makes for David, uh, which I was able to find a perfect spotlight for in the film. As I mentioned before, I was greatly helped out by the vast knowledge of 80s industrial goth music from a friend of mine. (laughs) My initial interest in 80s goth came from a group of pot and mescaline dealers out in Alabama. They were all gothed out all the time and they exposed me to bands like Death in June and Christian Death for the first time. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking? (laughs) (laughs) Adam Wing, are you good? Are you 
good, man. I mean, that no wonder. Like, there's there's so much humor to this, which is another thing I appreciate about it. Like, a lot of dark humor in it, which is something mm-hmm. I always love in in my genre films. Like, I don't know. Like, I know you wouldn't wouldn't consider this like a straight up like horror movie, but it definitely has horror elements to it, much like something like The Terminator does, which this is clearly mm-hmm. like inspired from. They don't they don't name they never name names. On which movies inspired them, but because they don't want it to just be like, well, this is uh, a remake of this or a tribute to this. Like it, it they just yeah. kind of wanted more of like the feeling of the movies that they grew up on. Apparently, the composer of the film is at the party wearing the fox mask from Your Next, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's we- ri- that's written on like the gym wall, and I that says Your Next on it, and I'm just oh, like, really? shit, I gotta go back and rewatch so I can just see it. Yeah, well, I never noticed that. I always noticed the masks, but not the writing. Well, yeah, I, I guess I gotta watch the guest again. <laughs> Apparently, the um. There's, like, these three masks, I think, from, like, Halloween 3. Like, there's, uh, there's like, the six-armed yeah. witch or something uh, at the at the house when the, F- the FBI, CIA, whatever, they come rolling up. And then, like, the masks are, like, projected on the wall in the gym and stuff. And you can see them that are, like, from yeah. the yeah. third Halloween movie. So Yeah, it's the three silver shamrock cool. masks. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so, pum- the pumpkin, the skeleton, and the witch. That's always like, hey! <laughs> Yeah, they, they said this is like a it's a horror movie but with the pace of a thriller. So it is like yeah. yeah, I can I can totally see that. Yeah. So it's it's just so good. I love it so much. I for, I can't believe it came out in 2014. I'm just like it felt like a lot more recent than that, but yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'm still so bummed I didn't get to see it in theaters. Like I was aware of it, but it it didn't it wasn't playing anywhere. Like mm. Because uh, I, I was a big fan of Your Next. I'm like, what are these boys up to? And it wasn't yeah. playing anywhere near me. And I live in LA, so that's a per- that, you know it's limited. Movies, yeah. And it's like that's why I had to. I got the disc on Netflix back when that was a thing. And like, it seems to be gaining a following because they um, at Alamo Draft House, I think either earlier this year or last year, they did a screening of it and it sold out like immediately. Like, not gonna yes. take it. I was like, oh, fuck. So I, I'm glad that even though I think it kind of went under the radar in its theatrical release, it's definitely gained a following. and Yeah. Even more so now with, with it coming back on Netflix, I hope. And with Dan Stevens showing the range that he has. The range! He has the range, darling. Oh my god. Yeah, because I remember seeing him on, like, Downton Abbey and stuff. Mm-hmm. And because my mom watched the hell out of that, uh, <laughs> that show. And, like, so when this came out, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> Whoa! Now it's time for something completely different. And I... I think, yeah, I'm down for him doing these kinds of stuff. I want to see him in another movie like this and just see what he can do. Uh, it's it's such a good film. I, I remember, uh, I don't think I was at the movie theater when it came out. Uh, but I do remember when I worked at the movie theater, we had a huge poster. It was like a canvas poster <gasps> of Your Next on the Ooh. manager wall. And I was like, I know people who like horror films that I'd bet if I took that I could give it to them but they wanted to keep it so I couldn't take it but like I always remember that so when I finally did watch your next I was like I will never forget this ever and so I like that they came back and collaborated for another good film so yeah props to that I want a giant your next poster (laughs) don't we all (laughs) 
I, sh- I guess we need to mention the famous David coming out of the shower scene. Oh! <laughs> and how Dan Stevens, like, was, like, beforehand just, like, doing push-ups and, like, chugging Diet Coke. Basically, like, yeah. what a bodybuilder would do before a show to, like, mm-hmm. enhance the muscle he didn't, and dehydrate and everything. He Yeah, he didn't have food or anything for, like, a day before that, <laughs> and then he just did a bunch of sit-ups and push-ups and drank some Diet Coke and tanned and shit. And I was like... <laughs> It worked. <laughs> good, good for him. I don't yeah. think I could have been able to do that scene. I would just been too busy staring. Yeah, I was like watching interviews, and this one gal was like, "Micah, how did you not like lose it over that?" And she's like, "Oh, I was." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then and then Dan Stevens is like, "That was not a sexy thing to film, though, because you're just like." There's just a crew guy with a fog machine, like, wafting stuff behind you, like, just, like, deadpan <laughs> while you're trying to look all sexy. <laughs> and she goes into her room and she, like, closes the door and she's like... It's <laughs> been all week and anything. I was like, uh, girl, say. I get it. So she looked like she was about to risk it all. <laughs> it's like... God. Doesn't uh, doesn't last X. long though. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I should. I also. I. Oh, I love Micah Monroe. I need to like. Need to seek out more stuff with her in it because like this and it follows. She just like yes. blows in like. Oh, she's so good in that film. And in this, like she yes. makes a good. Is this final girl? I guess. You know. Yeah. Because she's like one the, she's the first person to uh pick up on, on David on like that something's not right with David exactly and of course the parents don't believe her and her brother doesn't believe her. Because mm-hmm. look at him, so <laughs> <laughs> look at him. Yeah, the I mean that all relies on like the charm that, yeah. that he's that he's putting on with them. Uh which I'll I'll talk about later. Um did you say you have a, you found a true crime for this? I did find a true crime. Okay. It's not a super soldier that goes berserk, unfortunately. Town. <laughs> um, I can't remember when the movie came out. Uh, but it was like the Changeling. Uh, Angelina Jolie was starring in it. Uh, um, with the mother with the son, and she's like, "That's not my son," and all that stuff. Yeah. So, this was an actual real case that the movie was based around. Uh, oh it was, yeah. Back in the 1920s, a nine-year-old boy named Walter Collins disappeared from his Los Angeles neighborhood. The LAPD searched for him for five months. Uh, They searched a nearby lake, and they investigated leads from people who thought they'd seen him. Uh, But in August of 1928, Walter turned himself into police in DeKalb, Illinois, and his mother, Christine Collins, paid for him to be brought back to L.A., uh, but there was a problem. When they were reunited, she claimed that the boy was not her son. The captain at the time, J.J. Jones, assured her that the boy was Walter and that her son simply looked different because he had matured and experienced stress over the past five months. Jones then told Christine to take the boy home to try him out for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, Because the mystery of Walter's disappearance had contributed to the public's recent view of the LAPD as incompetent and corrupt, the department wanted to close the case as soon as possible. So three weeks later, Christine... (laughs) Honestly. 
Uh, three weeks later, Christine gathered Walter's dental records plus a group of friends who knew her son to prove that the boy was an imposter. Jones accused Christine of trying to abandon her son so she wouldn't have to take care of him. After he also reportedly called her a cruel-hearted fool, Jones had her committed to the psychiatric ward at L.A. County General Hospital. So while Christine was held against her will in the psych ward, a handwriting expert determined that the boy's handwriting samples did not match Walter's. The imposter finally admitted that he was really Arthur Hutchins Jr., a 12-year-old from Iowa who had run away from home after his mother died. When the police in DeKalb, Illinois questioned Arthur, they asked him if he knew who Walter Collins was. Arthur initially said no, but after he realized that his resemblance to Walter meant he could get away from his father and cruel stepmother, plus get a free trip to California, he told police that he was the missing boy. Uh, there was a full 10 days after Arthur's confession that Christine was released from the psych ward. She won $10,000 uh, in court for false imprisonment, but Jones never paid her. Uh, the LAPD suspended Jones just for a few months before permanently reinstating him. Arthur went back to live with his father and stepmother, and he attended the Iowa State Training School for Boys, which was a rehabilitation program for juvenile delinquents. Uh, in 1933, he wrote that he impersonated Walters to escape his stepmother, uh, and his quote, uh, a person doesn't realize what a hell this world can be at the hands of a stepmother that doesn't love or want you. Uh, though he failed to mention that he was also running from his hometown police. Uh, that, sum <laughs> mm. that summer, he was arrested for stealing, and when the police required that he check in with them once a week, he ran away to Illinois. He described himself as a boy adventurer, and he conceded that he owed Christine Collins in California an apology for his deceptive actions. As an adult, Arthur sold concessions at carnivals, worked as a horse trainer, and started a family before dying of a blood clot in 1954. The real Walter Collins was never found, but police believe that he was one of the victims of a serial killer named Gordon Stewart Northcott and his mother Sarah Louise Northcott. Uh, the Northcotts kidnapped, sexually abused, and killed several boys in their chicken coop in Wineville, California. Uh, because police didn't find any physical evidence that conclusively linked Walter to the Wineville chicken coop murders, uh, Christine held out hope for decades that he was somehow still alive. Uh, she continued searching him until she died in Los Angeles in 1964, 36 years after her only son went missing. Uh, so it, if you look at the pictures uh, that are on the website, the, they do look startling a lot alike. Uh, so you can see how they might be like, yeah, that's your kid. He's just matured a little bit in the five <laughs> months he's yeah, been but, missing. But a mom knows. Like, a mom fucking knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she knows, so... I was just like, this is an imposter <laughs> crime, so we can definitely cover this for the... Yeah. So, so that's that. That's the yeah. case for that. That was like, like, the, the changeling thing was like a fucked up thing that actually happened a lot. Like, I know that, like, I don't know if this was based on a story or not, but the, there's another movie called The Changeling with George C. Scott, where, like, they, they replace a, a kid with another kid because he had, like, a physical disability, and they're like, oh, they're, like, rich, and they're like, oh, we cannot have this in our family, and literally just switch out the kid. It's, like, oh. beyond <laughs> fucked up that, like, this was a thing that happened with, um, like, the rich people did. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, not not great, Bob. Not great. Yeah, but yeah, that fits well since David became kind of, like, a surrogate for the family. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um... <laughs> So, is it gay? Well. I got a lot to say, actually. I have, like, a few <laughs> things to say, unless you want to start. Oh, uh, no, please. 
Okay. Floyd so there's Rose. a few things going on. The the, the first <laughs> the first thing I'll say. I think this was like this was like the last the time before this that I was watching it where I had this kind of like realization that like like David is like a butch icon in a way to me. <laughs> not enough. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so <laughs> not the not the whole like murdering thing, but <laughs> Like, there's aspect, and I think it's because of the, like, big buff southern gentleman-ness of it all. Mm. That, like, there's there's ways, there's things that he does and ways that he behaves that's, like, like, the idea of, like, the butch in my head that I am or that I want to be. Like, all of the, yeah. the like, politeness and the chivalry especially and, like, the strength and, like, I want to be able to go to a party and, like, carry both kegs and be like, where do you want this? Yes. <laughs> so, like, that's a baller move in my mind. And then, like, yes. beating up an ex-boyfriend that sucks and impressing a girl. And even just, <laughs> I, I forgot about, I got dragged because I, I have a, a knife. <laughs> like, when he just whips out that knife. I thought about when I was talking to Sydney, and I, I don't know why we were talking about this, but I was like, oh, I carry a knife in my jeans, and she went, okay, dyke. <laughs> so when David did that, I was like, okay, dyke. <laughs> so, in no way was that, like, an intention, obviously, but that's just how, you know... Yeah. When you don't see yourself in media a lot, especially, you, like, find ways to read things or, or perceive things in mm-hmm. ways. So that's just, like, when I see shit like that, I'm just like, that's that's a butch. That's, but not the murdering <laughs> part. I don't condone that. I need to be very clear about that. <laughs> so, yeah, what a weird take. Anyway, but so there's also the, the whole element of, um... The part where, oh god, what's his name? Luke. Yeah. The boy. The boy. He um is called the f bomb, the other f bomb, by a bully, yes. and you know, hits hits his ass and gets is gonna be expelled for it. And then David, um, is like, well, that's a hate crime because you know a gay student gets called the f word, and you're so like and like that's like the argument he uses to get the principal to lower his sentence and everything and like yeah it's never it's never um clarified whether or not david was just uh you know using that to get him out of trouble or if he actually is gay if it's, it's never really like addressed which i don't know why they left that out in the open like that um <laughs> like i <laughs> i can't remember what the, they had some like producer or something for this on attack of the queer wolf and they asked him that and i can't even remember what bullshit answer he gave but <laughs> but i was like watching it especially this time like looking at like the mom's reaction and how she's not surprised by that mm-hmm. like i just i just def- i definitely just think that there could be a reading of this where where luke is gay and especially like i he definitely has some kind of crush on david i think not yeah. that anything like happened between them obviously but i think he definitely is like crushing on that guy and like especially because he's this outsider and here comes this big strong dude to like stand up for you and beat up your bullies for you and like take you to a bar and all this shit. I so, I'd like, fall in, in love a little bit too. Like <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's falling in love with David. Look at him. Um, but yeah, that I think there there's definitely a strong qu- case for like a queer reading on that aspect of Luke and everything. I don't know if you had anything to add about that. Uh, no, that was actually, that's a, 
that was pretty in line with what I was thinking too. Just kind of like, is he or like it is? It's very ambiguous, and there's yeah. not really any follow up to it. Um, but it did like it also when uh, at the end when she when Anna tells him that you know he killed mom and dad and he like doesn't want to believe her on that stuff and it, like mm-hmm. he seemed to like be way more broken up about it than she was. Yeah. I mean, he's he's willing to... He knows that David killed a man and doesn't care. Like, he's yeah. so, like, blinded by what he thinks about him. Like, how he... Like, he's become this, like, savior figure for him. Um, so. so the argument yeah. could be made. So it I definitely, definitely could. Points were made. I think. <laughs> yeah. um, I did love, like... I was like, this is a movie made for bisexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate? No. <laughs> Just... <laughs> the the end lighting, there was like some parts where it, like it was like this blue pink the blue the blue pink purple lighting mm. that has really taken off in movies. I was like, thank you for yeah. this. That just like gets reflected on his face at like certain points, and then just like it's. He's like the dangerous, but sexy kind of predator, and I hate it. Because <laughs> there's the part where he goes through the curtains at the end, he like looks down, and then he has this look on his face, like he's like, I'm gonna get you, and it's just kind of, I'm like, it's, it's kind of sexy, but it's, like, Who's that scary. <laughs> this is like everyone reacted to the Candyman trailer and how hot Yaya is, I'm like, oh, the candy. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> And like just having this the scene where he does like it was the the bathroom scene where he comes out and he just has the towel was like a deliberate objectification on him. Yeah. Uh, which was because like usually it's with the girls in movies and so to have it just be mm-hmm. the guy this time was very nice. So, <laughs> uh, and also you know Anna was uh, she's so pretty and I was like oh do I, I want to be her or <laughs> date her. <laughs> I was like having trouble here. It's just bisexual sweating over here. So <laughs> it felt I, was, I felt very catered to basically. So it was very nice for me the, the whole way around. Um, but like other than other than you know Luke and uh, as, as you mentioned uh, David Butch, <laughs> yeah Butch Queen. <laughs> Butch Queen. <laughs> Um, not much else really going, there's not really any kind of romance besides Anna and her, her ex-boyfriend, her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, whatever is going on there, but even that's, like, not really <laughs> on focus of anything, it's more just what this family's going through and yeah. the events that happen after David comes into their lives, uh, so it's, there's not, like, it's not, like, overwhelmingly hetero either, so it's, it's a good old horror movie with thriller pacing and bisexual lighting. In some areas. <laughs> which we Could, love. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, watch the guest on Netflix. Please watch the guest on Netflix. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I love it so much. I might have to buy it. On, I've got to get this thing on DVD, honestly. It's oh, one yeah. of those. It's one that I must, I must own it. I got the combo pack, bro. Oh! <laughs> Hard copies are good, because I got to watch <laughs> The Guest so many times before it was on Netflix. <laughs> God bless. Okay. Well, do you want to sh- wind down, then? Sure. Would you like to go first? Sure. I've been, I rewatched all of Hannibal. <laughs> Woo! 
Oh my god. That's a, yeah, speaking of things that were added to Netflix, the whole everyone is just collectively like, well, I guess we just gotta fucking rewatch Hannibal now, even though I own the DVDs. Like, this yeah. is any excuse. It, like, it, it was time. Like, I hadn't. Yes. I, I hadn't rewatched season three at all. I was just kind of like, that that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still, wow, you know? Uh, season two is still my favorite. I think it's the Chilton of it all. But, um, oh, yes. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you think I would have more to say, especially since I'm, I'm writing a whole piece about my Hannibal rewatch, but I'm just like, wow, that, was, that sure was a show. <laughs> <laughs> Order a fucking pizza, Hannibal. The, the, yeah, the best part about all of it is the how all the the memes are coming back and they're worse than ever. And now everyone's yes. like, everyone's making these like posts like talking like Hannibal and like the dumb like. I saw one that was literally like a Charlie Brown reference. Like I, I'm, I'm reminded of this young bald man who tries to <laughs> kick a football, and it's always, it always ends with "Tell me, Will." <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, I also, oh, so this is relevant. I, I watched the Eurovi- Eurovision Story of the Fire Saga that that, yes. sh- that movie on Netflix with Dan Stevens showing the range. He does. Um, he plays this like this gay Russian pop star in it and oh my god i think he should be nominated for best supporting actor ah. <laughs> well yeah it was just well it's a, it's it's definitely fun it's not it's not a masterpiece by any means but it was it was fun and it's like what the world needs right now it's just some fun eurovision movie on netflix but um i mean and i just like i, I love rachel mcadams and was excited to see her doing comedy again it was yes. weird, because, like, but the problem is, as these comedians, I'm talking about Will Ferrell, as these comedians get older, they still just want to, like, play roles that they're too old for, or cast a love, I mean, this is just in general, like, middle-aged yeah. actors casting love interests that are way too young for them, and it's only, like, a ten-year difference with Rachel McAdams, but it's still just, like, get away from her! <laughs> and th- but he also just has no comedic chemistry with her. It's really weird. Mm. Like I was watching it and I'm just like they're not like clicking and I know that they're both funny separately. And then her scenes with Dan Stevens are hilarious. Like they just click. Like it was really fascinating. I'm like this is not his profession. This why is he funnier than Will Ferrell in this? <laughs> and Dan the- Stevens rise. R- I mean fucking rise. Yes. <laughs> It's time. Yeah, he sings a song about, like, lions. It's been in my head all day. All the songs oh are a God. bop. Yeah. All the songs are a bop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you watch The Guest and you're like, what else can this guy do? Uh, the answer is he can be a gay pop star. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes, yes. And, oh, fuck. I don't That's all I got for now. I'm sure I've watched more, but I just can't remember. <laughs> Every day is the same. It blends in together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I have, I have not been really up to, like, anything, honestly. I just, I'm still reading the same book as I was last time because I've just been doing <laughs> other things. Oh, no. I'm very bad at, like, yeah. doing anything. <laughs> Do you know how many books I've started this year alone and haven't finished and then just move on to the next book? <laughs> so many. <laughs> I did get the, um, the Lady from the Black Lagoon book to oh, read. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. So I was like, I saw it in paperback and I was like, yes, and it's time. So I got it. Um, Have you started it? 
Not just yet, because I have, okay. like, three other books on my shelf that I have to it's, finish first, but... It's good shit. It's good shit. Um... The book I'm reading right now is called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Um, and it, as so far, it's had a non-binary character in it. Um, and they've had, they've had different, you know, it's a, it's, it's a sci-fi fantasy. Um, so there's like different species and stuff. And one of them is described very, very clearly that it's a woman of a different species. Like, uh, she's kind of like a lizard species of some kind but she like looks like a lizard and she has a flat chest and they mentioned this so that way yes. if they ever made it into a film she cannot have boobs no <laughs> lizard like... titties for you <laughs> <laughs> um, but like then and there's just there's it's not like i don't think there's like any white main characters i don't think <laughs> even the main lead woman i don't think she's white um so it's it's nice to have some diversity in these books. Um, I don't know if there's any any gay characters or not in it. I haven't gotten too, too far into it, but hopefully there will be. Um, and I also made a new uh, face mask recently, because the one that mm. I have is just too cottony, but this one's nice and it can breathe better, so I, I made it on my own, and now I have people asking me for if I could do some masks for them, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um... Other than that, I've gotten rid of more stuff in my room, um, because I'm hopefully moving to New York soon, so I've just been, like, downsizing to, like, the essential stuff, so a lot of my bookshelves are clear or yeah. pretty empty right now, so, like, I feel like I always have so much stuff, but then I had to move my sister and her husband and their kid and all their stuff to their new house, and I was like, I don't have anything. I owe nothing in comparison. He has more shirts than I do, like, hanging up, than all of my shirts combined. <laughs> so I'm like, I think I'll be okay. Uh, but other than that, I haven't been up to much. Um, hopefully, you're back on job stuff soon. So. Yeah. Do you think you'll rewatch Hannibal? <laughs> I know I'll eventually get there. I'm... <laughs> This might as well happen. <laughs> this might as well happen. Yeah, I, I own the DVDs, too, and I'm like, this might as well happen sometime, so. Well, especially when I heard that they brightened, they brightened it. I was like, they oh, shit. They brightened the screens. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, um, I did manage, my my friend uh, put on, she watched Ghost Watch. I convinced her to watch <gasps> Ghost Watch. I sent her the link, and she loves the hell out of it. Um, and she's. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. Um, and she's going to watch the second season of The Exorcist. She absolutely adored the first mm. season, but she's been putting it off because she doesn't want it to end, and I was like, I feel I that so you, hard. Girl, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it very much, uh, whenever she starts on that, so. Uh, that's all I've been up to, so. Oh my god, I didn't mention Tartuffe. Wait, real quick. I... <laughs> So, the, everyone in the theater community has been finding different ways to keep live theater alive. Some of them have been showing, like, already, like, the National Theater showing sh shit that they already have filmed, but others have been doing live readings of plays, and Rollo Sparza from, from Hannibal uh, yes. did a live reading of Tartuffe, and he was absolutely unhinged, and I, <laughs> you have till July 12th to watch this. I don't know when this is dropping. That, like, I, oh my god. Theater, <laughs> man, I love it. Anyways, that's all I got. 
Uh, you can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. I'll probably be talking about Ronald Sparza some more on there. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at LM Designs on Twitter and our podcast is on Twitter at Horror Time Pod and Facebook at Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, and we're a great podcast for those who want to know more about horror but just can't watch the films, especially if they're also LGBT. Mm-hmm. Um, so just spread the word about us. And thank you to everybody who followed us recently uh, oh, for the yeah. shout out from Horror What's Queers. Yes. So thank you for that. I'll be um, on there in a few weeks too. Yeah. Keep an Woo. ear out for that. And so we look forward to just seeing you guys at the next episode. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.